The message series is entitled, What Do You Fear? And I feel that this is such an important message, such an important subject for us right now with our changing culture and changing society. There's a lot of pressure on people, and there's a lot of things that people fear. Most importantly, we need to understand the fear of the Lord. And we will get to that probably next week. We'll see how it goes next week. We may do part three, but I think we'll cover it all next week. This week, I want to discuss the subject of fear. Everybody at some point has experienced fear. You might be sitting there thinking, I'm afraid of nothing. Well, we'll find out. At some point, I think every one of us has experienced fear in some way. And it's not that every kind of fear is so bad. The problem is, is that fear can really grip you and actually cause you to become almost like paralyzed in your walk with God. It can affect your relationships. It can affect your life so much that it can change your entire demeanor and everything. So fear is a very powerful force. Uh, the dictionary describes fear as an emotional response to perceived threats of danger or danger. It is an, it is an uneasiness. It is an apprehension. It's a type of anxiety. It's what causes us to be afraid. Fear is also described in Scripture as cowardice, and even in the dictionary described as cowardice. And actually, the Bible has much to say about that. Fear is known also as dread or fray or panic and terror as well. Terror is a form of fear. And again, one of the th themes of fear in Scripture is terror. So many people experience a form of terror in their lives in some other way. Not everyone experiences fear the same way. Everybody experiences it differently and in different ways. The problem, as I said in the beginning this morning, is that fear can be a major, major problem in somebody's life. As a pastor over the years, it's a subject that I've spoken on a few times and seen how fear has crippled many, many individuals how it's actually consumed them in so many ways where they physically have a response to fear. For example, they'll begin to shake, their bodies will begin to shake, they'll begin to sweat profusely because of fear. And these things happen to our bodies as a response to that type of fear or different types of fear. So this morning what I wanna do is I'm gonna go over several different types of fear and then we're gonna look at what the scriptures say about these fears. Now remember, I'm not gonna give you a complete list because there are many fears. People are fe afraid of many, many different things. But let's just take a look at a few of them. I thought, since we live in Florida, we'll discuss one that we have to deal with annually in August and September and October sometimes, and I think last year, even in November, which was very frustrating, which is natural disasters. Here in Florida, one of the things that many people are very afraid of is hurricanes or, or natural disasters. The truth is, is what we must understand is that these things are simply that. They're natural. They will occur. They will take place. Psalm 46, 2 says, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed and the, the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Listen, that sounds like stuff going on on the earth, shaking and moving and moving around and going into the sea and all of that stuff. And the Bible tells us that we will not fear. So we do have a choice as to how we will handle these things. I was telling the, the first service this morning, I, we just watched a movie 
And in the movie, there was this lady with her children, and she was terribly fearful of, of, a, of a hurricane. And to the point where it would just completely crippled her. And, and it was almost as though this fear overwhelmed her so much that it became a force and, and affected her life so terribly. We need to be very careful or we need to be very vigilant to not be afraid like that. Matthew 5 verse 45 says this, and we need to be aware of this. It says that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, listen, you will be sometimes in a place where something will happen, and it's not necessarily any form of judgment on you. These things happen around us. These things will come. These things do happen, and we need to understand that, you know, God will be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us, and that we don't have to fear. I'm so glad you're all very convinced. All right. <laughs> Another type of fear is what I would like to refer as sort of natural fears, things that we just have a tendency to be afraid of in some or other way. And some people more than others, like for example, I would say a natural fear or a natural tendency would be if you go on a roller coaster. Now some of you going on a roller coaster is just simply fun, but for me, roller coasters are terrifying. <laughs> so I remember going on roller coasters when I was younger, and it was one of my wife's favorite things. Not the ride, but watching me, that she enjoyed so much. I remember going to, I think, I can't remember which one it was, where there was this, this I think it was Jurassic Park or something, and you sit in this like, little boat thing, and then you go this really fall, and, and when some we fall, and I don't remember anything except hearing my voice really loud. And when we got to the bottom, you know, we got out, and this lady that was probably in her 70s or 80s got out behind me, and she said, son, I was so entertained by watching you. <laughs> you know, so I was a little afraid. I was uncomfortable by it. Now, that type of fear is not necessarily evil or crippling in any way, but most people that say to you, well, you know, I don't really like roller coasters. It's not that they don't like them. It's just that they're terrified of them, okay? So that's, again, not necessary. That's not something that can actually cripple your life or affect your life. You can choose whether you want to do those things or not. Being afraid of something like lightning or thunder, again, that's more of a natural type thing. You know, I mean, you'll be in the house or whatever, and you'll hear thunder, you'll hear lightning, you'll get a little bit of a fright or whatever. That's not bad. It can develop, natural type fears can develop into a type of phobia that can actually physically actually affect your body, but generally these type of fears don't really worry us that much. You know, some people are afraid of snakes, things like that. There was a situation, in fact, <clears throat> that I will share with you, many, many, many years ago, before we planted the church here, when I was helping a church in Stewart, there was a lady that we were working with that, you know, was, we just couldn't get breakthrough, and she needed deliverance. And, and we were praying and we were working with her and she just didn't get a breakthrough. She didn't get a breakthrough. And suddenly, you know, while I'm praying for her, I see a spider in my mind. I see a spider. And I'm thinking to myself, what has a spider got to do with anything? 
So, you know, I continue to pray, and again, I see the spider in my mind. So I say to her, does a spider mean anything to you? And she says to me, you know, ever since I was a child, I've had this fear of the spider that's going to attack me. And she says, I'll have dreams about it and even wake up, and it feels so real. So we took authority over it and broke the power of that thing, and she never feared a spider again. Now, it might sound extreme to you, but I'll never forget it because I remember when I said spider, her face. Now, this is a different type of fear, which is more spiritual, which we'll get to a little bit later on, but just talking about snakes and things like that, those things can be natural, but can develop into something that could even become spiritual. So fear is something that we must get control over. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement and, and, and confirmation. One of the things that we clearly see in life, whether you're saved or unsaved, is that people do fear illness, getting sick, and sometimes those sickness can even lead to possibly death. And we'll talk about death a little bit later on. But these things can come upon us. The thing is, we shouldn't allow ourselves to get so affected by it that we don't live our lives and continue to live our lives in fear of what may happen to us. Because many times we fear something that doesn't happen to us. Now think about the anxiety and the stress and the pressure that you put yourself under because you were worried about something that ends up not being what it is. So many times I'll encounter someone that you know, has had an illness or whatever or some kind of ailment in their body. They've got to go to the doctor. They are absolutely terrified. They're full of fear. They go to the doctor and nothing's wrong. Thank God. Amen. But the fact is, why spend all your time being so fearful of illness? In the, in the scriptures, there's an incredible example when Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, gets told by the Lord that he has a sickness that's going to lead to death, and he's going to die. And what's so powerful is that he ends up crying out to God and reminding God of the good works that he has done, and God shows him mercy. But what I want to show you is just his posture. Isaiah 38 verse number three says, and, and he said, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. Now watch this, Hezekiah wept bitterly. So you must understand that these sort of fears, these things, they are going to affect you. When you are sick or when you are not doing well, it's not unnatural to have fear, to have emotion. It's not unnatural for you to experience those things. And it's very easy for someone to say, well, just, you know, snap out of it and just, you know, just, you just got to pull yourself together. These things you are going to have, but we have to trust the Lord. We have to be strong in the Lord. We have to look at what the scriptures have to say about these things. What does God say about these things? We'll get to that. Let's keep going. Are you guys okay? The Bible talks about many different fears. One fear that I've seen in the lives of many individuals is, is, now fear, one of the meanings of fear is phobia. Phobia and claustrophobia, we know what that is when you're getting to a small space and all of a sudden you can't breathe, you can't handle it, you get all, you know, you begin to sweat, you, you can't handle it. That's claustrophobia. That's a fear that affects the body so strongly. And again, it's one of those things that we really need to, we need to trust God that we can break with. Now, a fear that might seem a little bit abnormal or maybe something you've never seen before is a religious fear. Now, when I say a religious fear, I'm not talking about the fear of God. 
I'm talking about doing things out of fear in a religious way, not because of your heart. So Isaiah 29, 13 says, therefore the Lord said, in as much as these people draw near with their mouths, in other words, their mouths, their posture, it looks like they're serving God, they honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from me and their face towards me as uh, is taught by the commandments of men. Jesus confirms the scripture in Matthew 15, 7, where he says, hypocrites, he's talking to the Pharisees. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouths, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And, and, and in vain they worship me. Let's just leave it at that. So you can clearly see that, that, that we can get into a posture of serving God lip service only. And that's a fear, perhaps, you know, of, of, you know, of doing, it, what, doing what's right, sort of honoring, but actually our hearts are not connected to God in any way at all. When we talk about the fear of the Lord, you'll understand that it's absolutely vital that you have a full understanding of the fear of the Lord because that's where wisdom starts. That's where it begins. A true understanding of the fear of the Lord but a fear of the Lord cannot be head knowledge. It has to be something that you have in your heart. So don't fear God or fear religion or fear doing things. Many people, you know, and this is not in any way, a, 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 you know, an attack on any type of denomination or anything like that, but there are certain church groups that, you know, that they believe if you're not this type of church group that you are not saved. Well, I promise you, I can't find the scripture for that. Can you show me, please? That says if, now I'm just gonna use several examples. If you're not a Baptist, you're not a Christian. If you're not a Methodist, you know, if you're not a Catholic, I hear that one a lot. Well, show me where the Bible says that if I'm not a Catholic, I'm not a Christian. That's religion. That's man-made. That's not God. Are you with me? If you're a Catholic that loves the Lord with all your heart, then that's wonderful. Then you're on the right track. Come on, somebody. Amen. Listen to me. You don't realize it, but I can see it. Many people cannot see it, but the divide between denominations is busy going away. The true church is rising up amidst Methodists, Baptists, Protestants, Pentecostals. It's busy happening without anybody even being aware of it. God is busy doing it because the Spirit is moving in one direction. And the true church is going in that direction, regardless of denomination. When we get to heaven, God's not going to ask you, were you Pentecostal or charismatic or, or were you Baptist or were you this? He's going to ask you, did you love me? Did you serve me? Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do that? Did we not do this? I don't know you. Are you with me? So religious fear is not gonna help you. Don't think that because you have to be like this or do this or do that, it's all about the heart. One of the things that I've seen that is clearly a very strong issue in the lives of many, and I think maybe in some way all of us at some point have had to face this, and maybe we'll continue to face this in our lives, in our journey with, with walking with the Lord, is the fear of man. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. Hebrews 13, verse number five says, let your conduct be without covetous. Be content with, with such things as you have. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Watch this. What can man do to me? So why are we so worried about man? When it's not man that we should fear. Did man make, God, did man make eyes to see? Did man make the mouth to speak? 1 Peter 3, 14 says, but even you should suffer for righteousness, righteousness sake. You are blessed. If you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be, nor be troubled. Listen, you will have threats. People will come against you. Things will, be, will come your way. As a pastor, you cannot believe how many times I have to deal with this. That people will come in, and let me tell you, I'm bad, according to them. And they've got a lot to, and they come in and they threat. I've had people walk in my office and cuss me out, cuss my wife out. True story. And I'm sitting there watching, it's like a video screen. And I'm watching him tell my wife, F you, da 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 da. Christian people, guys. You know, and you've, and you've got to make a decision in that moment who are you going to trust in? Am I going to get up now and start throwing punches? I looked at my wife, she just said to me, just stay calm, Tiger. <laughs> I remember with Pastor Mike, many years ago, we went to a mechanic in Fort Pierce. I've already said too much. Okay, anyway, so we're at this mechanic, and, and, and we're standing there, and it was a really bad job that was done, and I'm like, complain a little bit about the job, and and, and the guy begins to cuss me out. I mean, I tell you, the, the curse words are flying out like left, right, and center. I can just see this is a total demonic manifestation. I look over at Pastor Mike. He's ready to jump over the counter and start swinging fists. I look at him and I say, easy boy. Just stay calm. Because in the natural, we want to respond. We, 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 we get threatened. We get afraid. We, we want to react in a certain way. But, but we have to stay calm. We have to know that God is the one who will protect us. God is the one who will defend us. We don't have to fear man. And I could tell you so many stories. I mean, you know, I've, I've done well in some cases, in some definitely not well at all. But it's amazing when you trust that God will sort things out how he always does. I, one more story. I remember one time, this wasn't in the first service, but it's good, it's good anyway. So I remember one time a guy was cussing me out so much and then he stopped and he said to me, aren't you gonna do something? Because he was so angry that I didn't respond. I think I was in such shock, I couldn't respond. I didn't know what to say. I was like, what on earth? You know, and you just have to, we have to stay in, and trust God that he will pull you through these situations. That guy and I are, such, are so close now. If I had started cussing him back or God jumped over the counter and sorted him out and, you know, we would not be friends today. And my testimony would be so weak. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you the good stories, the bad ones I'm leaving out, okay? I'm not that good, I promise you, okay? Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, 
But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. If we're afraid, that's like the enemy will set a snare for you through man to attack you. Remember, the battle is not against, the wrestle is not against flesh and blood. So understand where the threat comes from. If it's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he's the one who wants to destroy your life. He may use a person, but it's not necessarily the person that's doing it. It's the force behind him that's doing it. So understand where it comes from. It's the enemy that will set that snare through a man. But if you trust in God, he will keep you safe. It's so powerful. We could stay on that one all day. Financial fear is a huge fear in the lives of so many, and in so many different ways. Some people who fear that they'll never, ever have enough, you know, when they don't have much. They fear that they're never going to make it. They're never going to get anywhere. They're never going to progress. They're never really going to be able to do better in their life. You get guys that have got so much that also fear they don't have enough. How ironic is that? You know, we are so funny, but we're not funny at all. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, so many people fear you know, financial loss or financial crisis or not being able to, to make it or not, or not being able to make it all the way to the end of their life. They need more when they have more than enough. The fact of the matter is the Bible has a lot to say about this. Psalms 37 verse 25 says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. That's a promise, guys. It's no matter what, if you are serving God, I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of Christians that have said to me, Pastor, I shouldn't have made it, but I made it. I don't know how we did it. I couldn't do it. I looked at what I have. I looked at what I've got to do. I don't know what happened, but somewhere between there and there, the righteous was not forsaken or begging for bread. Psalm 37 verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you put him first, you won't need to worry. You're going to be fine. You might be in a crisis right now, but trust in God because he's the only one that can really bring you through it. Instead of staying in that place and worrying and panicking and staying stuck and not doing anything to get yourself out of it, stay and trust God and begin the process. Begin the plan to get out. God will speak to you. God will help you. You may not get the right job or the job you want initially, but God will get you there if you trust him. Amen. Another one that is huge is a fear of failure. So many people have a fear that they're going to fail, that they're not going to be able to do something successfully or well because of many different reasons. Jeremiah the prophet was afraid because of his age. Jeremiah 1.6 says, And then I then said, I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Why? Because he was afraid that he would fail. He was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to do it because he had a speech problem. Moses had a speech problem too. 
He thought that he wasn't good enough to do it. But God, if he chooses you, Gideon as well thought, listen, you know, I'm the least of my tribe, God. I'm not going to be able to do what you want me to do. But with God, all things are possible. So you can achieve what he calls you to do. I stand sometimes and I look and I see destiny. I see it. I can see it in front of me, what God has planned. And then I look at myself and I say, there ain't no way, brother. You are, you, it's impossible. And there's nothing wrong with you believing it's impossible. Because in your own strength, it probably is. But don't forget that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I sometimes think it's a good place to be when you realize you can't do it on your own. But too many Christians are afraid to dream. Oh man, this is important. Too many are afraid to dream because they don't think they're gonna be able to do it. Dream big, guys. Dream big. Why not? Why not? Well, why would God do that for me? Well, why not? Amen. Amen. I've seen, you know, I've seen over the years as a pastor, you know, one thing that is very, very, you know, just prevalent. We see it so much is it's a fear of being alone, and understandably so, especially, you know, in the one area. There's really two primary areas here. One is young people that are wanting to find a spouse. Many times they have this fear that they're never gonna find this person. Listen, trust God. Amen? Amen. Trust in Him. He is enough. And then He will bring you exactly what you need and exactly who you need. The other side of it is when people are older. They have a fear of being alone, losing their spouse, which is totally understandable. But even in that, you must know that God will get you through it, that he will always be with you, that he will never leave you. Amen. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about this. Psalm 142 verse 4 says, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. You're in good company. The psalmist felt like that as well. But the Bible tells us so clearly, and this to me is so powerful, even though you've heard it a hundred times. Listen to what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 31, verse number six. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. We could have revival right there if you got it. He's the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua 1.5 quotes the same thing. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Joshua didn't get it the first time. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you sometimes. Wherever you go, 
He's with you wherever you go. And the next verse is, the next scripture is so important because here's the problem, is that so many Christians will read that and say, well, that's talking to Joshua. That's not for me. You don't understand the Bible if you say that. Listen to what Hebrews 13:5 says. He's writing to us. He's, this is what he says. Let your conduct be without covetous. Be content with such thing as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How dare Paul, the writer of Hebrews, take a scripture and claim it for you and I? That's what we're supposed to do. When God says this over his righteous, that he will not leave his righteous forsaken or begging for bread, are you not righteous? Have you not stepped into the promises of God for your life? Does God not, did God not say to you, be strong and courageous, that you can do it, you can finish the race, you can do whatever comes your way? Amen. So we don't have to fear being alone because God will always be with us, no matter what. There are many people that suffer with a fear of rejection because of many different things that have happened to them in their lives. And I've watched and seen how so many suffer because of rejection. What you must understand is that you are no longer rejected. Psalm 56 verse 11 says, in God I will put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Man will let you down, guys, but God will never reject you. I want you to think about it. He has done everything to save you, sent his son to die for you. It's a small thing to stay with you. It's not hard for him to cover you, for his hand to be upon your life. He will not reject you. Amen? Psalm 27 verse 10 says this, when my father and my mother forsake me, let's get practical. Things happen in life. Sometimes even fathers or mothers reject you. But what does the Bible say about the Lord? Then the Lord will take care of me. See, the problem doesn't lie with the Lord. The problem lies with us because we don't trust him to take care of us. We don't believe that he'll really provide for us, that he'll really put his hands strong and mighty upon us. We don't trust him. But the scriptures clearly tell us that he will protect us, that he will take care of us. Another thing that many people struggle with, are you guys okay? Are you getting something out of this? And this is a big one, I think, in the lives of many individuals, is they suffer with a fear of sudden crisis. So in other words, they're always anticipating or expecting something to suddenly come upon them that's bad. This is not of God. Why do you worry and fear something that hasn't happened or has even begun to happen? You're afraid of sudden terror or sudden crisis. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 verse 25, it says, do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble, from the wicked when it comes. So don't be afraid of sudden terror or something that might just happen, but also don't be afraid when it does come. 
And I'm gonna explain to you exactly why you don't have to fear any of this in just a moment. Just hang with me. I've got like two more things to do. The next one, which I sort of touched on briefly earlier on, is spiritual fear, demonic fear specifically. There are many Christians that are afraid of spiritual things. How is this possible when Satan has been defeated? The Bible teaches us that he is under the feet of the Lord. Are you not the body of Christ? That means that you are above him. You are seated with Christ. You are above him, the enemy. The problem is that Hollywood has convinced you that demons are all-powerful. And you see what goes bump in the night or crawls backwards on their hands and you get terrified by it. So many Christians are so afraid of the dark, afraid of what might walk into the room. The truth is, is what might walk into the room should be afraid of you. The devil doesn't want to come to my house. If he rocks up in my room at night, it's not going to be fun for him. When I was a child, I was so afraid of these things. But as I grew and began to understand and know the Lord and understand that, listen, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Break it down. He is greater than any spirit, any force, any poltergeist, any whatever. He is greater than that. You don't have to fear any of that stuff. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, this is so powerful. You must understand whose you are. You have been given a different spirit, the Holy Spirit. And because of this spirit that you have been given, you have now got a whole new family. Listen, if you live in the palace in London, you are pretty safe because there's a whole lot of security guards that'll take care of you. But what you must understand is that you belong to the King of Kings who has royal guards and security like nobody else. Don't be afraid of spiritual things that go bump in the night. Amen. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Listen, you must understand that whenever fear tries to come to you, whenever that force tries to attack you, you must understand that you must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You have a sound mind. You can stand against this. Greater is he that is in you. No weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. You need to understand whose you belong to. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves torment. So we don't have to fear because fear torments us. But God's perfect love will cast it out. Trust in Him and you'll be okay. The next and last fear that I want to talk about before we get into the good stuff really this morning, so we're only going to be like another two hours, is the fear of dying. I can't believe half of you are not happy about that. 
Don't worry, it won't be two hours. The, the fear of dying is huge. And I've watched and seen how, how as people age, they become more aware of death because they know that they're getting older and they're going to die eventually. When we're younger, we tend to feel invincible. The reality is nobody knows when you're going to die. It might be very young and it might be very old. But as we age, we have a tendency to become more aware of death. And the Bible doesn't want you to be afraid of death because the truth is, is that when you die, your life really begins. The reality is that specifically for those who are left behind, it's painful. Let's be honest. Losing a loved one is very difficult. Losing someone that you care about is a very difficult thing. But I've been a pastor for some time and I know what it's like to go to the funeral of someone that really serves the Lord and going to a funeral of someone that not really, we don't really know. And we think so, but we're not, you know, there's such a difference, guys. I went to a celebration of life this last week of one of our congregation members. And the love and the presence of God in the room was unbelievable. People even started coming to church after that service because of what they experienced in the room. That's what happens when you serve the Lord. We, we, we mourn the loss because it's a loss for us. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. You can try and theologize that, theologize that as much as you want. I believe that there's a possibility that maybe in that moment, Jesus felt in his human nature in that moment what it felt like to lose a dear friend. And he wept. Why not? We don't know for sure. And you can tell me whatever you think it is. We don't know for sure, but possibly that is what it was. He just felt that human emotion for one minute. So it's not unusual for us to go through those things. But that doesn't mean that we should fear death. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed to men to die once, but after that, the judgment. Psalm 116 verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Psalm 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. No matter what you're going through, even if you are on death's doorstep, do not be afraid. Hebrews 2 verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You don't have to fear death. Death has lost its sting. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, so when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, uh, um, incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall, be, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So yes, you'll experience emotions, but don't allow them to cripple your life. You don't have to go through that. 
The truth is, is that fear can become a God in your life. Some people become so fearful that it affects them completely. Listen to what Job said. We all know the story of Job. His entire family was wiped out. He lost everything. Job 3.25 says, For the thing I greatly feared, which tells us he had spent a lot of time worrying about this, has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. So I'm not saying it was because of the fear that that's what happened to him, but the fact of the matter is he spent so much time fearing this and then it actually had such a force in his life that it ended up happening. Don't allow fear to consume you, to actually affect you so much. The truth is that fear has an enemy and that's good news. Fear's enemy is faith. Who do you put your faith in? Who do you trust when you're afraid? Because that faith has the ability to pull you right out of that situation. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 43, verse number one. Let's go there. Now, I've shared some fears with you. As I read this, I want you to see how so much of the fear we've spoken about is sort of described here or dealt with. Look at what he says. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. Listen, God is talking about you as well. I've proved that to you already. And he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. Are you not redeemed? So you don't have to fear. I have called you by your name. Listen, God knows you personally. He's called you by name. You don't have to be rejected. You don't have to worry about whether you're good enough or not good enough. He has called you by name. He says, you are mine. Watch this. When you pass through waters, in other words, when you go through difficult stuff, I will be with you. And through rivers, because the waters was bad, but rivers are even worse. He says, and, and through rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Listen, you might go in the fire. You might be in the river, but God will get you through it. You might have some scars. You might have some battle wounds, but God will get you through it. He says, for I am the Lord your God. If we could just understand this. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia, and Seba in your place, since you were precious in my sight. Did you know that you were precious in his sight? You have been honored, and I have loved you. Did you hear that, church? Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not. Why should we not fear? Why should we not fear? Well, I'm so glad you're asking so many questions. Look at what he says. For I am with you. You see, when he says, I am with you, I will never leave you or forsake you. When you understand that the God who breathed life onto this earth and created everything is the one who is with you that will never leave you or forsake you, how can you fear? What can you fear? What is greater? What has more power than the power that he has? Let's.
Let's go to Isaiah 40 verse 10. Take a look at what the scripture says. Fear not. Well, why? I am with you. Again, he says it. You see, the problem is we read it and it's not enough. But it should be more than enough. When we comprehend, when we have faith in the fact that our God is able. He's able to deliver you from the lion's den. He's able to part the seas. He's able to raise the dead. He's able to open the blind eyes. He's able to lead you out of the shadow of the valley of death. He's well able. That's why he doesn't have to say anything else. When he says, don't fear, all he has to say is, I am with you. That's why when Paul speaks to the church, he says, I pray that you would come to the knowledge of God. In other words, will you begin to know who he is? Do you recognize who it is that you serve? He says, be, be not dismayed for I am your God. So don't fear, don't be dismayed. The reason is because I am with you, because I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's see what Isaiah 41, 13 says. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, for I will help you. Isaiah 41, 14, fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord, and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 44, verse two says, thus says the Lord who made you, he made you, he formed you from the womb, who will help you, fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jerusalem, whom I have chosen. Well, Pastor Alex, you know, I don't know, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm gonna eat some worms. You have been created. You have been placed on this earth by the one who breathes life into man, by the one who has created all things. You can't be a mistake. You are here. I receive. <laughs> Listen to what Daniel says. This is so beautiful. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Just the fact that God spoke to him gave him strength. The word of God says it all, guys. Joel 2 verse 21, I'm almost done. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous things. John 12, 15, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Oh, I like this one. Why do I like this one so much? Because he was telling them that the king was coming. But he already came. They had to believe in his coming. We already know that he came. 
Wow. That means that his word is true. If they mustn't fear that he, because he's coming, we mustn't fear because he's already come and coming again. Amen. One more scripture, two more scriptures. Revelation 1.17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid for I am the first and the last. Listen guys, there is nothing else in the universe on heaven, on earth and under the earth that you should be afraid of. The only one you should be afraid of is the one who holds it all in his hands. And that's a different fear which I'll explain to you next week. Now watch this. Let's make it practical. What can we do so that God will deliver us from our fears? How can we break with these fears? Psalm 34 verse four says this. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from some of my fears. So what's the secret? All 20 keys, all five doors, all five secrets, all five everything leads to one. To those who seek the Lord, their strength will be renewed. The Bible teaches us to seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be added. The writer of the psalm is David. He says, I sought the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. I remember in the first service, I don't have to remember too long ago. I shared how when I was beginning in the ministry and I would spend a lot of time in prayer, that my prayer time and it was so funny because this came to me this morning while I was praying at home before the service this morning. I remember praying and I would, I would ask the Lord for one thing and that was for Him. All I wanted was Him to come. I don't know how, whether it means that whether in the body or out of the body, I do not go, I've been caught up in the third heaven, whatever. That, I didn't care. I just wanted his presence. I just wanted to be near him. You know, can we see his face? Can we not see his face? I asked, Lord, I want to see your face. And I can tell you a hundred stories. But I got to the place where I said, Lord, all I want to do is weep at your feet. I just want to be with you. I didn't ask for the gifts and all that. That all came later. I asked for lots of things. The Bible says desire spiritual gifts. Nothing wrong with that. But the most important thing is do we seek Him? Do we seek the one who creates it all, who holds it all in His hands? Because He is the one that will deliver you from every fear that you have ever had or will ever have. Those who trust in the Lord, their strength will be renewed. Those who seek the Lord, they are the ones who will find Him. 
I, I, I know for a fact I would not be here today if it wasn't for those times. Sometimes I get up and I pray and I, we, we get up, we pray, we ask God for all the stuff and we forget to just say, Lord, all I desire is you. Yes. Just more of you. Just more of your presence. Lord, would you come and manifest yourself to me? Would you not come, Lord, and fill my room with your glory, with your presence? Just one taste, Lord, of your presence. And I tell you what, I remember as I shared with you how I used to be so fearful, spiritually, specifically, of like demons and stuff. And I don't know how it happened, but I just don't fear that at all anymore. How, when did it go away? How did it go away? I truly believe it's because I sought the Lord. And He can take away any fear that you have. Fear is not the spirit you have been given. So seek Him and He'll deliver you. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning in this place, Sometimes when we read your word, Lord, we are overwhelmed. It's like we can feel what the writer would, was what he meant. And your word describes David as a man that seeks after your heart. Oh God, let us be just like that. Let us seek after you, God. How many times in Scripture do we see those that seek the Lord, how you deliver them? As we read through these stories in Scripture of David and Joshua and Moses and all these, jo jo uh, 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 Joseph and all these characters in Scripture, Father, that, that sought after you and how you delivered them out of what seems impossible so many times. I am so grateful this morning that you never change, that you are the same, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And we can put our, tr our trust, we can put our faith in you, God. For why should we not fear? We should not fear because you, you, the great I am, you are the one that is with us. And you said in your word that you would not leave us. So whom shall I fear? I shall fear none besides you, almighty God. None besides you. For you are all powerful. You are almighty. And your love is like no other. So again this morning in this place, gather together, we sit or stand or whatever it is that we're doing. 
but we choose to seek you first. We, see, we choose to seek you above all else, God. With our entire hearts, with our soul, with our strength, we seek after you, for you are almighty. Lord, I pray right now that any fear in this place must go. Any fear must bow the knee this morning. Fear of death, fear of loss, fear of spiders and snakes and whatever it is, God, it must bow the knee this morning. Any spiritual fear of demonic forces and powers, we come against it this morning in the name of Jesus and we can do so because you are our God. You are our King. You are our Lord and there is none besides you. So this morning we surrender our lives, our hearts to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is none like you. Can we all stand for just a moment? Come on, church. Let's all stand. Let's give him some praise. Come on, let's give him a shout this morning. Whom shall I fear? None but you, Lord. None but you. None but you. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, we love you, God. We honor you in this place, Lord. Come on, raise your hands. We worship you in this place, Lord Jesus. We worship you in this place. Here comes the glory. Father, this morning in this place, we are so grateful to you that you called us by name. You chose us for such a time as this. Let us never forget whom we serve and whom we seek after. I pray this morning that every person in this place would leave here strengthened and encouraged and fear has no portion in their lives anymore. We are so grateful to you, Father. We honor you and love you. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as you leave this place this morning. Go in his strength in the name of Jesus. Amen.